it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of New Horizons. Thanks for your company. I'm Vaughan Benison. We return this week to the Roundtable on Information Access for People with a Print Disability, held in May of this year. This week we turn to a session given by Jane Britt, who is currently Policy Officer with Blind Citizens Australia. Jane speaks to us about education. Why am I presenting today? Well, I'm presenting in dual capacities. I'm deafblind and my area of work for BCA focuses on policy issues in the areas of national interest, including education, particularly in the context of the interaction between the Australian education system and people who are blind or vision impaired. I want to present both my lived experience and our members' experiences of education. I was born and raised in Lismore, a country town which is about 30 minutes inland from Byron Bay. I was born with deaf blindness, with vision loss in my right eye and hearing loss in the opposite ear since birth, and I have central vision in my left eye to a few metres in front. In the early stages of my education, I attended early intervention prior to entering school. I worked with occupational therapist and a speech pathologist to help meet my delayed developmental milestones. In fact, the speech therapy was effective to the point that my sisters begged my parents to stop lessons because I wouldn't stop talking once I learned how. Throughout primary and secondary school, I had reasonable adjustments or accommodations to enable my participation in education, sitting close to the front, in a central position, having all of my materials enlarged to A3 and with large font. Curtains were installed in all of my classrooms to shelter me from the glare that is a problem with glaucoma for glare sensitivity. I had an orientation and mobility specialist come into the school to teach me the crossing from the junior campus to the senior one in high school. And I had extra time for examinations and rest breaks. It was during this time that I started to find and develop a skill that is possibly the greatest skill a student who is blind or vision impaired can be equipped with to navigate the world, self-advocacy. I had to find my voice to speak up with increasing frequency when my reasonable adjustments weren't implemented, least my classmates speak up before I did. I eventually found myself in the final year of school, anticipating the next steps to entering university. And I'll be honest, the transition from country New South Wales to moving to the city for university was a really daunting prospect. The transition was bridged with both formal and informal supports, and I finally found myself at university living on campus, tackling multiple courses, moving cities twice, and completing four qualifications. My adjustments continued, like before, with extra additions to deal with assessments, assignments, and examinations, with trial and error often being used to find best solutions to inaccessible learning materials or learning platforms, or simply trying to have lecturers and tutors understand my needs and how to accommodate them. My qualifications are primarily in undergraduate and postgraduate psychology. I'm now exploring postgraduate research options in policy and business administration. Throughout my university life, I had multiple eye surgeries and faced significant grief after learning my condition will be degenerative. 
I cannot emphasize how important my peers plus professional support I gained during that time were. It was an immensely challenging time in my life. However, I ultimately did muddle my way through it. That grief has shifted from being grounded in losing my visual perception of a wondrous world to a continuous passion to tackle the systemic barriers and ableism that often hinders attempts to navigate the world freely without equity yet being achieved. My experiences, both positive and challenging, have been amply reflected in experiences of our membership at Blind Citizens Australia. So what have we learned? Across the board, the single greatest issue facing people who are blind or vision impaired in engaging with education is electronic access issues. These issues are across the whole sector, from primary, secondary to post-secondary study, but particularly during the latter stage. The issues start prior to entry to university or TAFE or vocational training settings in navigating electronic materials for orientation and enrolment in courses and classes. Once an individual has entered education, the electronic issues we have heard about are incompatibility of screen readers with online learning platforms. Physical access issues constitute the next category of difficulties facing people who are blind or vision impaired. This might be physical access to locations or physical access to printed or written materials for coursework. In terms of the latter, often when reasonable adjustments around enlargement of text, conversion of materials to screen with a compatible format occur, the time delay often impedes keeping up with peers in coursework and assessments. So members did receive materials on time and noted how much difference it made to their study and their ability to complete coursework. Members reported experience a refusal for material to be provided to them ahead of time to assist in preparation for classes by using their screen reader with the material to gain familiarity with it. A member reported, I was told I shouldn't have access to the resources because it spoils the surprises. Often other people don't get access beforehand, so why should I? An additional issue was raised by educators, which is that sometimes a student does not have the skills to drive the technology needed to complete a course or subject. Further, this technology that has been procured often in earlier education may not meet the needs of that particular student. Educators noted the procurement of technology in trying to get funding for the technology and that's often challenging because they have to overcome unjustifiable hardship criterion. One student reported being told they should not apply for a particular course because it was too expensive to support them with the assistive technology they needed. And they should not receive adjustments because it is not fair on others. The issue of electronic access has been exacerbated in the current COVID-19 pandemic with a shift to virtual learning occurring en masse. Members reported that this has heightened access issues and workarounds while we adjust to a continuation of learning in a changed environment. A particular point here is that teleconferencing platforms have all had varying levels of accessibility. Aside from these issues, the more serious consequences we have heard about pertain to attitudes and assumptions about disability. Disconcertingly, multiple members have reported being told they could or should not be undertaking their course of study, with alternative options canvassed for what students might want to study instead. 
Further, some members experienced barriers to a degree that resulted in discontinuation of study. Members reported that transition periods between different levels of education due to increasing levels of independence, with students requiring a different skill set to cope with the changes, were particularly a problem point. Participants who found the experience to be positive noted that they were involved in mentoring programs or they had significant support from student services like counselling, disability advisory and learning advisory services. Many formal supports that helped included orientation and mobility, O&M, occupational therapy, OT, and assistive technology training. In asking members to reflect though, on the positive experiences in education, the members often pointed to a key figure or figures who enabled them to complete their study by either being a direct advocate or being a supporter for them to self-advocate. In the experience reported, members spoke about a person of influence to them it might have been a disability advisor, a lecturer, a tutor, a mentor, a peer, who took them under their wing, so to speak, and assisted them in navigating education effectively. One member reported that they were incredibly proud of completing their bachelor's degree because of the support that they received. It has been clear from our discussions and policy work what needs to be improved and what is working well in the system, which can be built upon. I want to turn my attention to these solutions and opportunities for the future. Education is ultimately a pathway to employment. Like our members, I have people too, disability advisors, lecturers, tutors, mentors and peers who were always and in some cases continue to be in my corner. I've had strong unwavering family support from my parents and grandfather. I've had challenges like these mentioned by BCA members. Ultimately though, I achieved my goals to be talking here today due to those people who listened to me self-advocate for myself, discussed my needs and implemented solutions. I also had formal supports like those I mentioned, O&M instruction, assistive technology training, OT and peer mentoring. A particular factor that helped me was being in a student group for students with disabilities or chronic illnesses who helped me deal with my experiences with less isolation. It led me to my degrees, which opened a world of employment in an area I'm deeply committed to and passionate about of disability policy and advocacy and intersectional leadership. So what next? What, what does the future look like from here? At BCA, uh, we have collated the feedback we have received and started to translate it into a revised education policy. The policy will serve as a written document of recommendations for opportunities in education to meet the needs of our members who are blind or vision impaired. It will assist our members, educators and policymakers to understand what barriers might need to be addressed and removed to ensure smoother sailing access to education. Further, it will allow a platform for, for the systemic advocacy work we do with partner organisations, including those directly involved in serving education in Australia. It will inform our future written submissions and our verbal consultations and meetings with key stakeholders in education. In conjunction with this development, we are working with one of our partner organisations, the Australian Disability Clearinghouse on Education and Training, ADSET, 
about proposing guidelines for educators and education providers to meet the needs of students who are blind or vision impaired. These will be released imminently. Further, BCA launched a scholarships program to assist anyone wishing to undertake study. BCA is strongly committed to ensuring that people who are blind or vision impaired have opportunities to develop skills which equip them to contribute to the social, economic and cultural life of Australian communities. BCA has received funding through the Department of Social Services and the Geoffrey Blythe Foundation to award educational scholarships to BCA members. We want to increase opportunities available to people who are blind or vision impaired to participate in tertiary or further education. We want to raise awareness to mainstream education providers of the valuable contributions and unique perspectives people who are blind or vision impaired make to education and training. We are particularly hopeful that this platform may serve a function of helping someone who did not perceive that they could do further study in whatever area of interest that they have realised that dream. So for 2020 to 2022, BCA is offering five scholarships up to $5,000 each semester for three semesters, as, you know, starting in semester two, 2021, and through semester one and two of 2022. Each semester will have a separate application and awarding process. Scholarship recipients will be funded for one semester only. So in finishing today, I'm asking for a dialogue that we have started to be continued. Please come forward, share your experiences, your challenges, the ideas that you have for change and the opportunities you can see for making that change to make education a truly equitable experience. I'm excited to see what the future holds and I'm deeply encouraged to know that the baton change is well underway. We will also ensure members of the roundtable can access our final version of our revised education policy and other resources. We will ensure that everything is shared with blindness service providers and BCA partners, Vision Australia, Guide Dogs Australia, and Visibility, just to name a few, and education providers to ensure greater reach to materials. Jane Britt there speaking at the Roundtable on Information Access for People with a Print Disability. If you'd like to know more, have a look at printdisability.org. If you'd like to get in touch with Blind Citizens Australia, you can call 1800 033 660, 1800 033 660, or you can email bca at bca.org.au, or of course you can check out the website. In the meantime, I'll talk to you again next week. We'll achieve the realisation of a dream. of our dreams.